AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. With Ace Guadalupar, Stephen Eden, and Eber, and I am—I um, don't think I have to introduce him. But for those of you, if you're new to the show, he has been on our show a number of times. He's a dancer, and he's a national recognized credit expert and credit coach for the credit repair industry. And as I was, we were all saying earlier in the show, hey, other than all cash. Everything is about credit today, and the rates that you get when you see this mortgage and it's a low rate, great. If you apply and your credit's not, like, perfect, then you're not going to get that rate. So, Dan, welcome to the show again, and it's good to hear your voice. Well, it's good to be back. I know, I know, I know. And what I want to do is sometimes, because, you know, I... We all do this for a living, so I say, well, I might have talked about that before, but, you know, it's like anything else. When you're listening to something, you absorb so much of it. Would you just be very elementary initially and just go back for our listeners and talk about how credit works and how it affects what interest rate you get or what mortgage rate you'll end up getting and some of the things that are really important not to do or to do when you're purchasing or you're thinking of purchasing a home? Well, as you said, everything hinges on credit. Uh, The interest rate, whether you're going to get approved or not, um, there's a whole bunch of of different things that you have to keep in mind. But the the main thing, of course, is that it's extremely important uh, if, if you're applying for a mortgage to actually review your credit report well in advance to know if uh, there's anything negative that you don't know about reporting that could be something that belongs to somebody else. It could be uh, uh, from identity theft, um, which really complicates your life. Uh, Basically, the entire system of the credit scoring, um, for all its complicated mathematical formulations, breaks down into one thing and one thing only. That is, it measures the likelihood or the predictability of you becoming 90 or more days late on any one credit item within the next two years. That's all it predicts. And it's basically uh, something that has been developed for the uh, credit subscribers to the bureaus, the lenders, the creditors, to help them make credit decisions faster, to allow the companies to make more profit more quickly, and to avoid making or having loss to their income. So basically, it's all a measure of the risk that you present to a lender um, of you uh, having a future default on their product. 
that's it in a nutshell, really. Well, okay. So, obviously, you know, I think, you know, I saw something on, uh, I, I think so I saw something on TV. One of the talk show hosts was doing something that I remember Jay Leno doing where he'd go around, he'd go walk through the streets, and he'd say, oh, by the way, who's the president of the United States? The person didn't know her. You know, some stupid questions. And they asked, um, they were asking young, young adults, I would say, oh, what's a good credit score? And uh, I really don't think many of them knew the answer, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, so I think the closest one was a 600, and the guy said, well, that's maybe if you want to be paying something off in interest for the next 20 years. But whatever, can you talk a little about, okay, obviously if, if you don't check it, there could be mistakes and you could have somebody's debt on it, but what's a good credit score? And, but being very, and, and what's a realistic credit score? And talk a little about that. And then some of the ways we can boost it, that's what you do. Okay. Well, basically, uh, a good credit score, uh, well, let's put it this way. The higher the credit score, the better it is. Um, every company has their own degree of risk that they'll take uh, to, for you to qualify uh, for their, their better rates. Um, generally speaking, though, anything that's above 700, 720 or so is considered very, very good credit scores. Um, you'll get approved for almost everything you go for, getting almost the best rate. Once you get above 740, 760, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a 790, an 820. Um, it's all the same because you will qualify for the best rates and the best terms of every lender throughout the country. Um, so once you get into the, the low and mid uh, 700s, uh, those are considered excellent uh, for getting the best rates, best interest. Um, when you're in the high 600s, those are pretty good. The kind of a, the demarcation line between um, prime and subprime credit is around 650. So if your scores are above 650, uh, you you have a great chance of getting credit, but it may be on slightly higher terms. As you get lower below 650, you may be approved on some things, but it gets harder and you pay more for it as a general rule. Uh, so basically, those are the things to keep in mind. Um, you know, once you're below 620, 600, you're kind of in no man's land. Um, you, you know, you're not even on the radar for most lenders at that point. So the key thing is that you want to boost up your credit scores and keep them in a good area. Uh, of course, the um, credit bureaus and FICO always recommend the basics. I call them the FICO mantra of, you know, paying your bills on time, don't apply for too much credit too quickly, uh, keep your balances low. And, and that's all good um, to maintain your credit, but when it comes to boosting your credit, you have to first look over your credit report, look for any errors, because if you can get these taken off by disputing them with the bureau or disputing them directly with the creditor, that will help your score for each one that you get removed. 
the next thing that a lot of people can do, and they can do it quickly, especially when you have young couples going out for their first home and um, their credit scores need to be, you know, boosted up a little bit for them to qualify or to get a little bit better rate. Uh, one of the things that can boost up a credit score very quickly is having them have a family member or close friend put them on as an authorized user on one of their better positive reporting credit cards. The higher Wait, the say credit that again. limit. Say yeah, that but, again. Say that again. If you sure. want to boost your one credit. One of the quickest ways to boost your credit score is to have somebody put you on to one of their credit cards as an authorized user. Um, this will uh, help give you the credit history. So if it has 10 or 20 years history, that will aid you in boosting up your score because one of the things you're scored on is your oldest trade line and you're scored on the average of all your credit uh, history age. So that's an important thing. Also, the higher the credit limit, the lower the usage will also boost your score because it'll help your credit utilization. The lower credit utilization you have, which is the proportion of your credit usage to your credit limits in total and on each account, the more points you'll get. And that's a very big area in your credit scoring. The other thing is that a person, especially people that are starting out that don't have a lot of accounts, you really need two or three credit card accounts that are reporting because the scoring model scores very heavily on credit cards because you have total control over it. You have total control of how much or a percentage of the credit limit you use and how um, much debt you have to pay. And if you can pay it back quickly or you pay it just the minimum payments, all these things are being scored and looked at when you apply for credit. Okay, let me ask you a question because, again, as we said in the beginning of the show, I don't think a lot of children and, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of the schools really teach kids about this. And obviously the credit gets you the best rate, but, you know, people have a lot of credit cards. Sometimes you know, they'll say, oh, just open this credit card. I think every store says that. And we'll give you a 10% discount or 20% discount. And you want to say that you need a couple of credit cards, but you, I'm assuming you don't want too many. But what about, like, I have credit cards, and I remember you on a show told us, don't cut them, you know, don't get rid of them. What if you, I have credit cards for years of stores that I've never gone to for 10 years. Probably if I went to the store, they wouldn't even give me, because I think, after a while that you never shop there, they don't really use it anymore. But what do you do with credit cards that are old? Let's just say you shopped at this place when you were young or you moved and that place isn't around anymore or it's not close enough. What do you do with those kind of credit cards? Just leave them? or Well, well first of all, FICO has said this over and over again for many years. You never, 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 never close a credit card. It can only hurt you. The thing is, you should leave it open. If it becomes inactive and you haven't used it and it's too inconvenient to use a particular credit card, as long as they have it open or even as long as it's reporting on your credit report, 
you will be scored for the credit age. Once you close it, after a number of years, that thing will drop off your credit report, and it can potentially shorten the age of your credit history. So it's always better to leave them alone. Um, The best way, if you can, is to periodically use the credit cards to keep them active. Now, most store cards will have a tendency to leave them open for quite a few years because they always hope somebody will come back. Banks have a tendency that, you know, after a year or two years, they may start shutting down those cards if somebody hasn't used them because to the bank, this is a liability that you can, if you get into trouble, you may run up those credit cards and they're going to take a loss somewhere down the road. Because even somebody who has excellent credit isn't totally risk-free. Things happen. Life, life interferes, you know. And anything can happen to anybody. So they, they watch these things very carefully. And if you haven't been using it, especially if you have a high credit limit, um, they will get worried about it. Back in 2008, 2009, especially American Express started clamping down on the credit limits that they were allowing people to have when they weren't using that much of the credit card because they knew that if the economy went south and it got even to a depression, that people would run up those cards and they would lose a tremendous amount of money. So they will shut them down very quickly. So what I do with with my cards is I have a tendency to rotate them. I use a couple for a couple months, then I use another two for another couple months. And so they every three or four months, they show that they've been active and they're showing a balance. Also, one, one thing that is important to point out is that let's say you have seven or ten credit cards, you should not really keep more than four credit cards showing a balance at any one time. You start to lose some points if you have too many credit cards with balances. They like to see credit cards that do have a zero balance for a while. So it's a balancing act in a lot of ways, but, you know, these are all hints of trying to get the best possible score at any one time. Right, so... um your advice, because I know I have credit cards over the years in stores that I, I don't know, you know, I have a whole wallet actually filled with credit cards that I never use. And I notice that once in a while, if I use a credit card that I never used for two years, they usually don't take the credit anyway. So you're saying the averages have three or four credit cards. And eighth, assuming we're applying for a mortgage, okay, obviously, you don't want to, right? I mean, if you're going to be buying a home, let's say you're in the market, you do, you start looking, you think you're going to buy something within this year. You, first of all, don't want to switch jobs. I can tell you that right now. Um, but what else? What about credit? Do you want to open up new charges? Do you want to not take on too much new things? Even if, I was reading a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but it was in a paper, and it said that somebody bought... A new iPhone, and I don't remember the price because they didn't mention it, but but they did it in installments. They didn't pay it in cash. 
and they shouldn't have done that when applying for a mortgage. Now, I didn't know if that stopped them from getting a mortgage or not, but what do you say about those things, Ace? Should people stay away from adding and let, you know, or pay their whole bill, like try well, to that, pay their whole bill? Dottie, that's a great question, there's a, and there's so much information as it, as it pertains to credit that our listeners should know about, right? And uh, first of all, they should contact uh, Dan Sater, right? So, Dan, make sure you leave your information on, on our show here so that our listeners, if they ever have any questions, uh, they can reach you. But more importantly, there's something that's called um, not enough trade lines as well, Dottie. So, we, you know, constantly we're talking to our listeners about not taking out new, new credit cards and new trade lines. But at the bank, they will look at your history. And some folks that don't have at least three trade lines, actually will hurt in a negative way because they don't have enough credit. So really, you know, the, the, the good rule of thumb is that you have to have at least three trade lines. And that could be in the form of a credit card, a car payment, whatever lines of credit that you have. If you're, if you're only using one, let's just say, for example, a lot of folks today, Dottie, there's just so many different credit cards. They feel as if, okay, let me consolidate all of my debt into one card. That may not or, be the best, um, you know, thought process. Right. Right. But they also, yeah. they also, like if they said, for example, if you have a bunch of credit cards, I do, and then you go, like if you go on American Express or uh, you, you could get points. So if you go to like a lot of different credit cards, you don't accumulate points as much. And Correct. at the same, okay, so then, and then I was looking, my friends, and they were all paying for their trips, okay, through <laughs> their points. And then yep. I ended up taking at the airport, uh, I think it was Delta. So Delta said, you sign up for this and you get whatever points. It was like a lot. So I did, then I realized it's an American Express. I already have American Express, but this was <laughs> Delta's American Express. So what about that? Because people, I, I know people who really, I mean, I guess it's all a trade-off, but the people who, like, if they put all their things on one credit card. Yeah, and, Dottie. So, so that's why I mentioned it, because it's becoming more popular than ever with these points and, you know, benefits. But what you don't want to do is close off your other um, credit line, right? Like the other credit card. The biggest mistake is when folks close their credit card lines that's when you get an adverse effect on your credit report. And Dan could probably talk a little bit about that, but it's just the, these nuances for folks to know ahead of time. It may seem like the right thing to do, but on a credit standpoint, um, it's really not, right? So it's just, it's just really important to know, Dottie, the differences of improving your credit score and, and having adverse effects on your credit score, right? So. Yeah, keep in mind right. that the main motivation... Wait, Dan, we're going to have a break. We're going to have a break now. So, Dan, oh, okay. you could give us the last, the tips, the last tips that people should know after our, we have a, a real, we have a commercial. We'll be right back, and Dan will give you some tips that you should write down and keep in the back of your mind. When you, we'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman.
Our friend Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, has a special for you. Mike has asked me to make a special announcement. He is running a flash sale on Giza Dream Sheets. This is the best offer ever. 60% off. Sheets as low as $39.99 while supplies last. Go to MyPillow.com right now. Click on the radio listener specials for 60% off on Giza Dream Sheets. Mike's also offering a great discount on his popular MyPillow slippers, now 50% off with your promo code. That's right, 50% off on MyPillow slippers and 60% off Giza Dream Sheets with the promo code AM970. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. 800-651-0798 for all of these great specials. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haledon, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living a permanent life care program and respite care you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad aunt or uncle friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community daily chapel services are included hchnj.com or call 973-807-3245 holland christian home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect hchnj.org or 973-807-3245 holland christian home ask for charlotte Now, three-week quick start, $19.95. Less than a buck a day to find out whether or not it works for you, as it does for over 70% of people that order the three-week quick start. And the doctors who designed Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, each of which are 100% drug-free, to help your body deal with inflammation. That's right. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. So if you've got back shoulder, neck, foot, knee pain from exercise or just getting older, consider ordering the three-week quick start. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. The doctors who designed it believe that our bodies are designed to heal, and that's why they selected those four best ingredients. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, 1-800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, we were with Dan Sater, who is a credit expert. And, Dan, Dan, you know, we have some callers I know just wait on the line. Uh, Dan, in closing, like, what would be the biggest tips that, you know, one of the top two or three tips that you would tell people. And again, even if you're not buying a home, if you're buying a car, you never know when you need credit. So it doesn't only apply to getting a mortgage. I just want you to know this applies in anything you do. You should always have the best credit you can. What tips would you give people? What are like the main top two or three tips that you would? Well, the, the main thing that people should keep in mind is that, 
it takes a while for credit reports to update. You know, you pull a credit report today, it gives you an instant snapshot in time that's a month, month and a half old. So, uh, and all the credit uh, um, lenders and uh, creditors report only once a month. So sometimes it can take 15, 20, 30, 35, 40 days before something gets updated on your credit report. So when you're applying for a mortgage or a car loan or any other major purchase, you want to prepare your credit a month and a half, two months at least, ahead of time, because if you're going to pay down things to get some more points added to your score so you get a better rate, uh, that's the time to be doing it, even two or three months uh, in advance, so you're prepared and you're not surprised at the last minute where you've lost a lot of points. Um, another point that you brought up uh, before when you and Ace were talking about opening up a new credit, the problem with new credit is that when you open up a new credit account, you'll probably lose um, 20, 15, 20 points immediately. Now, those points come back fairly quickly, but if you're just about to make an application for a mortgage or buy a car, you don't want to lose 15 or 20 points for having new credit reporting. And, of course, one of the things, and it's the simplest thing for most people to keep in mind, is that um, if you have three, four credit cards or so, you should also have an installment loan because that will add more points by having a mixture of types of credit. So well, those Dan, are the, the real main things. I think you have to come back on again. There's so much people can know. I thank you for being on. I hope you will come back in a, a month or two and continue because there's so much people can know. And believe me, credit is most important. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great day. Oh, I welcome. And, and by the way, if anybody needs, and, wants to get in touch with me, they can email yes. me at creditguy at yahoo.com. That's creditguy at yahoo.com. Creditguy at uh, yahoo.com. And I'll make sure that it's on the Iron Real Estate site so that you all have it if you go there. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Oh, you too. Thanks. Yeah. We have so much to talk about again. We're coming to the last half an hour. I think there might be a caller on the line. Is there a caller that's been waiting? Rick, Rick from West Palm Beach. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm here. Good morning, <clears throat> Rick. How are you doing on this okay. great day in Palm Beach? Ah, well, if you're down here, you know how it is, so I'm not going to <laughs> upset You're not going to rub listeners. it into the New Yorkers. Hello, hello? No, I said you're not going to rub it into the people in the Northeast where it's been freezing and they've had huge snow, we've had huge snowstorms. So okay. the weather's delightful. Dar- Daddy, I need, I need some help. Sure. And I need it a long time ago. I closed on my property in New York 13 months ago. Okay. I had an issue with the buyer's title company who held money because they could not show two <clears throat> mortgage satisfaction letters from prior refis 15, 20, 25 years ago. Rick, who held the money? The title comp- the buyer's title, title company. Buyer's title company. Go ahead. So they will not release the money until I can come up with 
mortgage satisfaction letters. Nassau County has no record of it, and the banks uh, are, you know, they're, they're not in business anymore. They sold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I have to, I, I'm just, that's <laughs> going to be a toughie. No, you got me baffled. Steve, you have any ideas? I mean, yeah. are some of the banks yeah. not even around. So, well, first off, there's a couple of things. Um, and I don't like to comment other people's work, but this should have been totally handled by the attorney well before closing. And we know that. Whenever you agree with escrow, and whenever you agree with escrow, you always make sure you have a path to get your money back. Now, a couple of things to take notes on. Number one, the banks that you lent, that you borrowed from, okay, even if they're out of business, the reality is the other banks have taken them over. The yes. Federal Reserve System has a website which labels who is the successor institution to the bank that lent to you. So, for example, um, when we had a lot of turmoil over a decade ago in the industry, right, you had Chase taking over WAMU, you had Wells taking over Wachovia, right? So if, let's say, you had a loan from one of those prior institutions, the successor institution would have those records. So number one, you can go to the Federal Reserve site, um, find out who the institution is. Second one is all of these institutions have a research department. They're not always the fastest, but since this happened 13 months ago, you're, you're already you know, w waiting for a long time. And if you write to them, they, they will have the answer and, and a satisfaction could be recorded. The third point is, I'm making an assumption, but please let me know. You mentioned that there were two satisfactions that weren't recorded. Um, yes. Did you have two loans at the same time, or was there one loan, <clears throat> and then you refinanced, paid off the old, and then you had a new loan? Right, just, just like you said, right. Paid off A the and second, went to B. Yes, sir. Okay, so, so what should have happened is, so what should happen, and this should save you some time, is the way we work, um, you know, in the industry is go backwards. When you had your refinances, you had another title company sign off on that closing. What should have happened is that the new title company who represented your buyer, and the seller attorney, in my opinion, should have demanded this, is that we go back, find out who the title company was when you had those respective refinances, and then go back and lean on them because they ensured that transaction that it was paid off to then go and produce that. And what happens is title insurance companies have an arrangement where they cover for one another, and that could have been enough to have a closing. So there's a few avenues out there. Um, it should be very doable, um, but someone has to do a little bit of work uh, on it. But it shouldn't be terrific, and it should, in my opinion, not take 13 months. Uh I appreciate that. Can I get your info again so I can contact you directly on this? Is that possible? Sure. Yeah, they can give it to you. They have it on the, the studio. I think you're talking to one of the, the, the engineers at the studio. They can give that to you. And, and also great. what I would say, yeah, they can do that. And then, and happy to be in touch. That would be, that would be not, appreciated. Yeah. Or just uh, email us at radio show. And, well, yeah, just make sure they, the guy gets all your information or you can 
Thank you. All right, thanks. That's a toughie. But you see, that's, again, and I don't know enough about it. Steve, you seem to know exactly what he was talking about. But I, there were slip-ups, you know. You know, well, I have, it sounds like it was sloppy, and which now causes well, what happens? Yeah, how does that you know, what happen? Ha- you know, what happens is there's two major points where people rush a lot, getting into contract and closing. And look, obviously, the purpose is to get it done, right? But there's a difference between just getting it done and getting it done properly. And, you know, the, the reality is, you know, too many times, you know, and I, and, and I hate to say this, but sometimes you have different people in a transaction. They sort of snap their fingers and, and they think the process is like being a short order cook sometimes. And it's not. You know, there is on the one hand a level of standardization, but there's more to just, you know, pushing some forms back and forth. And the other thing is also, and look, I always tell this to my clients, every time you enter into any deal, and this goes beyond real estate, you always need to know how you're getting out of the deal. And so you need to know if you're going to agree to some escrow, how are you going to get out of, you know, getting your money back? And the thing I would have demanded, and, and you lose some leverage points, the thing I would have demanded before the closing, because right here you have a buyer who wants to close, maybe their rate lock's expiring, things on the moving truck. That is exactly the point where if I was a seller, I would go to my attorney and say, look, that's fine. I'm willing to work with people. But here, there's a situation here that I did not create. And I want to know before I sign on the dotted line and put money aside and so forth, how and what is the plan for me to get out of it? And what is the reasonable amount of time to expect to get out of it? Very important. Those questions should always be asked, whether in real estate or anything else. Well, you're right, and if I may say this, um, and I'm not putting any attorneys down, it's just sometimes everyone thinks it's that easy, and again, use a real estate attorney. We'll be right back. Well, I'm with Ace, one of two parts, Stephen Ebert, and I'm Dottie Herman. We'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. This is a crime alert from James Finch, former assistant director of the FBI Cyber Crimes Division. Your home's title is the only document that proves you own your home. And now cyber criminals are able to forge our names off our home's title and claim they own it. It's a nightmare crime. Watch a video of a former cyber thief who now trains police show how it's done and how Home Title Lock could have stopped him. Visit HomeTitleLock.com slash radio. HomeTitleLock.com slash radio. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to 300 dollars this year. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code AUTO for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code AUTO to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code AUTO. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And again, we learn everything every day. Uh, so, Ace, if you had to give uh, people who are in the... In, in, in thinking they're going to be buying, whether, uh, you know, it's a first-time buyer or somebody who's trading up, which that'll be another topic, should you trade up? There's a buying frenzy. Should you do that? Uh, what, like, what would be the top tips that you would give them, like the, the, like the most important things that you would make them aware of? Most important is, obviously, we've been talking about credit um, on today's show. So really, you know, check your credit at least uh, once, when you're looking to actually go out with a realtor, right? You just want to make sure that you allow yourself enough time. If there are any blemishes in your account, you have enough time to repair and get that credit score up so you can have the best credit score. Get your finances in order. Um, you know, take a look at your W-2s. Take a look at your pay stubs. If you're planning on moving jobs, may not be the best time to do that during, during your process. So just make sure that you speak with a loan officer. And, and I can't, emphasize this enough and we talk about it all the time Dottie and Steven do yourself a favor go into a bank and get yourself pre-approved call our show uh, we'll help you get pre-approved but even if you don't even think that you're going to need one just get one ahead of time so that when you are shopping for a home with a realtor you're prepared so some of the things that you want to prepare when getting a pre-approval is just make sure you line up your income 
um, your tax returns if you're self-employed, your business returns if you own your own business, if you work for a company, W-2s, your bank statements, make sure that um, all of your assets are in line, especially if you're looking to get a down payment. Make sure that if it's in the form of a, of a gift, you're speaking to um, a loan officer as well in regards to what what satisfies a gift. A cash deposit will not. Um, sourcing the down payment for the gift will be important. So I'm going to sum it up real quick here, okay? Um, I said a lot. So credit score, number one. Pre-approval, number two. Number three, make sure you get your income and your assets in line. And number four, speak with a, a really, really good realtor that you're set up and you have a team that can help you, right? I think Dottie's whole point of creating the show is so that you can have a really strong realtor, a really strong attorney, and a really strong banker to kind of walk you through the process. And I can't emphasize enough how important that team that you build will, will be. And, and probably the difference maker between yourself being prepared and someone just going out there on their own and just looking for a home. So. Yeah, that's great advice. And I, I think that uh, the business has been, become more complicated. I think it was a little simpler years back. But regardless, because it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to, to do this. So you should do it, as he said, well before. Don't wait, you know, you don't want to do it after you apply. So those are great, it's great advice. And let me ask you, Stephen, what would you say if you had to give somebody one or two tips, uh, anybody, whether it be a buyer or a seller? The, the first thing is to prepare in advance. And so many times people look at that in only two out of the three necessary areas. You know, a buyer saying, okay, make sure I know my financial situation, getting, getting organized financially. And then the, and the seller saying, okay, let me clean up my property get, so it's staying as well. So many times they come to legal at the end. And what people are not discussing is the tax consequences, um, the legal consequences of some of these transactions. I mean, I can just give a few examples in the last week alone. Great example, I have a client. They have parents who are international for two adult um, kids. I hate saying kids, but generationally, generationally kids, and they're getting a gift. Well, what are some of the tax considerations when getting a gift and getting a gift from a foreign country and a certain foreign country towards your transaction? And we had to scramble um, in this because – they came to us after their offer was accepted, right? That's just one example, how to structure your deal. So there's so many different things. Call early because we can do more for you and put you in a better position. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my advice is, first of all, having a good team. And, again, we are short of time. So the next couple of weeks, what I really want to do is make sure that we go through what I consider – the fundamentally most important things in finance, in the legal aspects of it, and in the real estate, because it's complicated. It's very competitive today. And of course, you, you know, and people, you know, it, it's anxiety. It, it builds anxiety. And um, what I would say to anybody who's thinking of selling, uh, it's a good time to sell because the interest rates are very low. And Hopefully, they, hopefully they're going to go up, I don't think, enough to really make a huge difference. 
but I think it's a very good job. And you have a selling, you have a buying frenzy. There's lots of buyers out there now. So if your house is on the market for a long time, it's not selling. I would guess there's something wrong with the, the price or something. Uh, and then I would say, again, do all your preliminary, like have, uh, you know, have ACE and everyone check your credit, get pre-approved. But the other thing I see people do, I think you, that they try to compare apples to oranges. So especially if you're not buying this alone, because if you're not buying it alone, there's always two different opinions. If you are borrowing money, which we'll get into more next week about those gifts, and, uh, then you've got to bring those parents or who's ever lending you. Usually they want to see what it is. So I would say that stick to an area. Do your research about a neighborhood because it's great to say, oh, I love this house. And this house was $700,000. I walked two blocks away. And uh, the house, similar house, was seven fifty. You know, when you're buying residential, it's really a lot about schools. So you want to do your homework on a school district if you have children, and that's important to you. If you have children with maybe special needs or maybe are certain sports they excel in, you want to do your homework and hone in on areas. Now, what you don't want to do is take an area with an entirely different school district and then say, gee, I want that house, but in this this school district, and I want it for that price. So, and so what I would tell you that this is so simplistic, so embarrassing, but when I was first starting real estate, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. And we would tell the sellers, the buyers, Take a piece of paper, and you can really do this with anything in your life, and put wants, and then put a line, and needs. And before you go out, put the things that you absolutely need to have. Absolutely need. And then on the second column, put the wants. These are things I'd like to have. I hope to have. I wish I could have, but I don't absolutely need them. Because when you're buying a property, it's always a compromise. And if you were to build a brand new house today, I could assure you when you got through building it, you would go back and say, gee, I should have done this. I should have done that. Uh, I forgot to put this in. And there's always something. So it's never going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect in life. So you just want to kind of be prepared. Use a real estate attorney. Use someone like Ace and his team. People that understand mortgages. Don't go to the local penny saver. This is one of the largest investments you'll ever make. So you want to research and you want to get the best. And I can tell you, anyone that's on, I've used both of these guys, and there's none better. Uh, and it's not a commercial. We don't try to sell you anything. Well, we were all of the three of us. And I, I want to thank Ace and Steve so much because, you know, this is giving up their time on Saturdays every single week. And um, they're not getting paid to do this. They're doing this because they really want to help the consumer understand 
whether it be the virus seller, everything they need to know because it's really complicated today. And there's so much information out there. And sometimes somebody's trying to give you good advice, but maybe it's good advice for them and not you. So key in on an area or one or two areas that you feel this is the area that you want. You can get online comparable properties. And if you're a buyer, make sure you drive it, go through it in the day, go through it at night. If you're working, see how long the commute is. If you take the transit, see how long, make sure you're all okay with that. And then ask people. If you're in the city or you're buying in a, in a, you know, a development where there's multiple people living there, ask some of the people that live there. And if you're in a seller, I could get into it. We'll do it at a, another time. But remember, people are going to see your home. So it's got to be on its best behavior. And it's got to look its best. And let's just start, especially in the suburbs, with the outside of your home. Because if someone's driving and they see, you know, an unruly, you know, the, the grass wasn't cut, make sure that the outside is done. Make sure that you clean it out. And when I say clean it out, take everything out. And we'll talk about making neutral colors. I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money. But we'll continue talking about how to get your house in shape, and the things that you really need to look for that are really important if you're a buyer. I think we're coming to a close again. Time goes quickly when you're having fun. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back next week. Signing off from our team, Ace, Stephen, and myself. Have a great weekend. on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A. And-